everybody, and uh, Merry Christmas. If you could, if there's any open seats in the midst of where you're seating, would you squish together and make a little more room if we can? We do have an overflow room in the, in the other building that's starting to, to build a little bit, but there might be a few more people we can squish in here. But thank you for coming tonight. Thank today, this afternoon, whatever 3.30 is. We, uh, we've come to an end of another year. And uh, we've come to an end of another season that's, uh, for many people, been very difficult. Uh, we keep hoping that as the years go on, as the months roll by, that uh, life will get better and better. And we still struggle. We still are um, hurting in a lot of ways. Uh, we come tonight with questions. Will this world ever be at peace? Will this world ever get rid of the evil that dwells within it? Will death stop taking our loved ones? Will the grave ever stop feasting on our beloved? Will God's kingdom ever come? Will the reign and the promise that we've hoped for and we've prayed for, whatever arrive? We pray, hallowed be thy name. May thy kingdom come. May thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're still waiting. We gather tonight to rejoice. We gather tonight to celebrate. Because Jesus Christ is born. We realize that with his coming, with his arrival, with his among us, that it will. Everything that we're hoping for, everything we're dreaming about, everything about the future that we've been taught to pray for, it's going to come about in and through Jesus Christ. God's plans fulfilled in Him. God's rescue, God's deliverance, God's life will come and starts with Jesus Christ. And so uh, we remember tonight, we celebrate, we rejoice. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Jewish people prayed and longed for the coming of the Christ, the Messiah. The uh, words articulated in that song, the message was, O come, O come, and for centuries they prayed, they dreamed, they hoped for, they longed for the arrival of the King. Many Old Testament scriptures, prophecies spoke to what was ahead. But it was born out of suffering and born out of pain and it was born out of loss and ruin and woe. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. The prophet Isaiah started to preach. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. When the Assyrian army, as Isaiah prophesied, came into Israel, when they entered into the northern part of the nation, the, 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 the northern reign of, of, the, of the people of God, they entered as a flood. Their soldiers swallowed up the land. The implements of war came and destroyed. It was a time of gloom and a time of darkness, a time of loss. Thousands and thousands and thousands were taken into captivity. Thousands and thousands and thousands were killed. And the poor were left to starve or to survive in the land. But in the latter time, the prophet said, He has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden, the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you've broken as in the day of Midian. For every boot of trampling warrior in battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. The, the prophet is speaking about a day of redemption, a day of salvation, a day of deliverance. God's people 
over the, over the centuries, they, they turned away from the living God. They turned away from Yahweh. They turned to idols, and they put their trust in other gods and other things. They, they put their hope in the world. And when everything was lost, the prophet called them to return to faith in the Lord. And he promised them that one day the world would be changed again to, to what God intended. His kingdom would come, his, his reign, his rule, his peace. But notice the prophecy. Verse 6, for us, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful, called Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amazing titles. Amazing man. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What a contrast from death and ruin and woe, loss and suffering and separation, hopelessness and death, to a time when the kingdom of God arrives, when God comes through his ruler. And, and, and it's not just a, a, a government of the Jews, not just a government for Israel, but this one who will be born. He will grow up, and at some point, in some way, in some fashion, the world will be under his reign. He will reign. He will rule. He will be the one who brings justice, who brings righteousness, who brings peace. What a prophecy. We are still waiting in some, some facets, and in some, some fashion for these things to come true. And yet, tonight, we celebrate we rejoice, we remember Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, has been born. How did it come about? How did it transpire? How did it take place? You perhaps know the story. In Luke chapter 1, verse 28, the account of Jesus Christ being conceived in Mary in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to, from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Then behold... You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. 
and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Isaiah's prophecy echoed in the, into the New Testament. Isaiah's prophecy brought forth into reality a son of David, a son of God, conceived in the virgin's womb. To do what? To bring what end? To reign. To bring his kingdom and everything associated with the kingdom of righteousness and holiness and justice. God kept his promise to Mary and, and the child was born. We celebrate, we rejoice, we remember that God brought forth from Mary's womb God and man. Jesus Christ. The story of his coming, his arrival, it didn't come without drama or without uh, some kind of a plastic bubble just sanitized for everything. Jesus was born into trouble. He was born into real life. Now the birth in Matthew chapter 1 now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together she was found to be the child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and willing to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly because he thought that she had cheated on him and become pregnant through another man. Imagine the pain and the angst and the frustration for Joseph that day. We found out that Mary was pregnant. But as he considered these things, he considered divorce, he considered to, to move on. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is within her is conceived from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. God kept his promise to Mary. God kept his promise to Joseph. God kept his promise to his people. God brought his son. God brought the child who would save the world. God brought the Messiah. We know that the world will be saved because God's already kept His promise to bring His Son. We know that the world will be brought to God's end because God has brought His Son as He promised. We, we know that death will one day be defeated. Evil will be overcome and removed from this world because God, just as He promised, brought His Son. So for centuries and centuries, the cry, the call, 
the prayer of God's people was, come. Oh, Lord, come. Son of David, come. And if they understood the prophecy in Isaiah 7, Emmanuel, come. The Lord God Almighty, we are grateful tonight to remember that you did come. What did it mean for you to condescend, to take on flesh? What did it mean for you to come so far to become a man without ceasing to be God? Oh, Lord God Almighty, so much is written and so much is spoken and so much is promised about your coming. Oh, Lord Jesus, our world's still a mess. As far as we can tell, it's still as, is, is as ugly and, and as heinous and as broken as it was 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago. Oh, Lord God, we... we we wonder when the wars are going to cease, and we wonder when evil will be removed from our midst. And we wonder when, Lord God, death will be no more. We love you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. Your timing, your plan, your outcome, your day. But Lord Jesus, we say, Come, finish what you started. When the world fell into sin, when, when all hell broke loose, when separated, People were at odds and, and nations grew that were in divided states with one another. Greed and corruption and evil rose and people suffered, Lord. And we see it happening even today. We say, come, Lord Jesus. Oh, come, oh, come. Emmanuel. And as you ransomed, as you saved, as you delivered, we, we say, come. Bring about the kingdom of God. Make these the days of the king. Bring about the end that you promised. Come and save, Lord God. We're waiting. But we look back to that holy night, we say thank you. We say praise you. Be magnified, Lord. And if by no one else, be magnified by us as we worship you and sing to you over what you've accomplished. Praise God. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing together.
seated. It wasn't just any child that was born. Of course, it was Christ the Lord. It wasn't any um, special uh, child that came about. It was the promised one. There's many prophecies in the Old Testament about the Messiah. Uh, many of them are very detailed. Many of them uh, are, are couched in very broad terms and, and uh, spectacular terms. Uh, in Zechariah, there's a prophecy uh, just as an example. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, on a colt, uh, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and, and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be cut off, and he shall speak peace to the nations. He will rule from sea to sea and from the ends, of the, from the river Euphrates to the ends of the earth. Uh, so we got these very specific things. One day a Messiah will come and he's going to ride a colt. Uh, he's going to ride a donkey into Jerusalem. And yet the, the spectacular nature of this king is this worldwide reign. And Jesus has been born. And just as he's been promised to be born, these things are going to come true. When, uh, when Mary and Joseph when the promises started to come true, like to Mary when she was told that she was going to conceive and have a baby as her, as her, as her stomach started to grow. Wow, what, what a mind-blowing moment, moment because then she remembered all the things that God had promised about Jesus, about who he'd be and what he'd accomplish. And, and when Joseph, right, when the, the angel told him, take, take her as your wife, this child's going to be the one who saves his people from their sins. I wonder if they, if they knew their Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. I wonder if they knew the Scriptures and they started, started rumbling and started rummaging back to all their memories of what they learned and, and started thinking about the, the Scriptures such as Zechariah. But they're, they're, in, they're in Nazareth. You know, they're, they're in this village and, and Joseph's taken Mary, you know, and, and yeah, she's going to be my wife. I'm not going to divorce her. I'm going to keep her. And we're, we're going to have this child. And we don't know what kind of abuse they took in the village. If people thought they were a scandalous couple. If people thought they were, you know, just thumbing their nose at the, the elders and the traditions. And how dare they have a child out of wedlock, so to speak. How dare they, they live in our midst. And you wonder if they thought about some of the other prophecies. Like the, uh, the prophecy to, to Micah. Uh, there, there's, there's so many of these prophecies that come up, but Micah chapter 5, verse 2, about where the baby's going to be born, uh, talking about Bethlehem. Oh, Bethlehem, Ephathra, you are too little to be among the clans of Judah, for you shall come forth for me, one who is the ruler of Israel. Again, these prophecies, very specific, but very grand. You shall... The one who's going to rule Israel is the one coming forth. He's from of old, from ancient of days. 
Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor is given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. There's so much depth there, but I can't go into it. But he, but he said, he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. And the majesty of the, of, the, of the Lord is God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. And these kind of prophecies, like one's going to be born to you in a very specific place and time, but again, worldwide peace. He's going to be the, the one who brings Israel together. He's going to bring the nations together. He's going to reign. And Mary and Joseph, as they're thinking about this, I wonder if they thought they, they needed to get to Bethlehem. Like, like they're in Nazareth. You know, it's, I, I looked on Google Maps, and right now you can take Route 6, from, uh, from Nazareth in the north down to Bethlehem. It's about a two-hour and 15-minute drive if traffic is good. Back in the day, maybe it was a, a, a multi-day journey on a donkey for Mary. Was she considering that? Were they talking about it, or were they in the providence of God? This is something that God is doing. This is something that God did. And because He brought this about... He's going to bring about everything else because God keeps His promises. And so we, we come to that, that, that Luke moment, uh, the, the moment of the story, the account of the birth. Luke chapter 2, verse, verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, moving into the secular realm, into the secular world, that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. What a holy night that must have been. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And so it's a remarkable, isn't it? The accidents of history. It's, it's astounding, isn't it, that, that an emperor, the Roman emperor, would decree a census and it just happened to bring Jesus to the place where the prophecy said he would be hundreds of years before, and he came and he was born there. What, what an amazing coincidence. Not. The Lord of all, omnipotent, omniscient, all power, all wisdom, all knowledge, he can do all things. Sometimes we think about miracles and how grand miracles are, and we want to see a miracle, but it seems like the, the, the doctrine of providence, of God working behind the scenes, bringing threads together through decades and centuries to bring about His end is even more remarkable. How great is our God that, a, that an emperor would say, I'm going to put a census together so I can know where my people are so I can tax them. And at the same time, behind the scenes, God has moved and acted, and He's, he's, he's moved in that emperor's life to bring that about so that his son could be born at just the right place in just the right time to fill God's plan perfectly. And yet we've got questions. 
We certainly have questions with our life, don't we? Why did that happen? Why that car accident? Why that sickness? Why did that have to take place? Why did that happen just then in that way? You saw, Lord, how it affected my business. You saw it, how it affected my family. Why? Uh, Joseph and Mary, <laughs> when, when, the, when the decree came down, now maybe they knew the prophecy from Micah. Maybe they didn't. You know, maybe they were planning to go to Bethlehem, but they hadn't left yet. And so maybe when the decree came down and, and they're thinking, like, we have to travel to Bethlehem? What? I mean, maybe she's eight months. Maybe she's nine months. I've got to go to Bethlehem? And they're, they're just saying, why? I don't understand. And, and we don't. And then they got there. Now, I don't know about you. I imagine, I imagine like she's riding on the donkey for days and she's tired and Joseph is leading her. They pull up to Bethlehem, right? And, and suddenly in my mind, you know, the way I play it out, I don't think it's right, but the way I play it out is that she goes in labor. Her contractions are coming. So he shifts the donkey in the, the next gear. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. You know, and they show up at the Hilton. And the no vacancy sign comes on just at the last moment. So they go to the Motel 6. <laughs> vacancy there too? Now, it didn't happen that way. They, they, the text says they arrived there, and who knows, they, they did their business. Maybe they, they did the census. You know, they, they went to the government officials, and they wrote down their name, and maybe they were visiting people. But all of a sudden, the city's full, and it's not a city, it's a village. It's a small place. There's no inns there. The best thing, the closest thing to an inn was a fire pit with some stalls, probably, that they charged a lot of money for. But those were full. Tradition says that, uh, that they found a cave. Now, it could have been that. Uh, certainly, maybe, maybe there's, there's some people over there that would uh, tell you that, yeah, that's the cave where Jesus was born as you give your shekels to see it. I, I don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, it could have been a two-story house where the people lived in the upper story and, and, the family, and the animals were down below. But nevertheless, can you imagine Joseph and Mary as they've processed all this and their dreams are about the future? This is the Messiah. We're going to have the, the, the Lord in, in our family. You know, Joseph, the adoptive father, he's like, who am I that I'd be graced in such a way? Who am I that I could serve this king? And Mary's like, who am I? You know, the, the, the song that she sang about God coming and showing mercy and overcoming injustice and overcoming hatred and keeping his promises. And then she comes to this place uh, in the hay and in the dung. And Joseph apparently is her midwife. He's all hands. He doesn't know what he's doing. You can imagine as, she, as she's resting from a contraction, why God, why? And we have to ask the question, if he's the king of the world, if he's the Lord of lords, if he's the one who's going to bring the world under his banner, under his reign, how in the world could he not be born in a five-star palace? 
the God who knows all things, the God who planned this from eternity past, the God who spoke to Micah and had this prophecy given hundreds and hundreds of years before about being born in Bethlehem, do you think he was caught off guard? Or, or maybe like the angels are in, in crisis, I thought you were going to make reservations. <laughs> Gabriel, I thought you were going to call the Hilton. You let the Lord be born in a stable? No, it's not like that at all. This didn't happen accidentally. Jesus was placed in a, in, a, in a place of humility on purpose. Tonight we remember and we celebrate that the Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, has come. And he came not to be served, but to serve. And, and so the, 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 the symbolism, the, the picture, the, the scene, the setting and obscurity and humility, it was intentional to say that, that I'm here on a purpose, on a mission, and it's not about me. It's about the people who need salvation. And, and you know, the wild thing about what God does sometimes, like who saw it, who understood it, who, who gets it? And now for hundreds of years we've been able to get it. We've been able to look and say, wow, our God is that humble, our God is that loving, our God is that caring, our God came for us. Many, many prophecies, many, many details about Jesus, but the, the one that is often avoided in certain circles and the one that is often celebrated the most is Isaiah 53. If Jesus came to seek and save the lost, if He came on our level into our brokenness, if He came down into our realm and into our world and He came to the lowest estate, He set aside His glory. Long he lay his glory aside, is what the hymn says. And he, and he came and he, <clears throat> and he allowed himself to be wrapped in cloths. The, the king of the world, the, the maker of heaven and earth, condescended in that way. We have to read this prophecy. We have to understand why he was born. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the Lord, the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, by, by men. And I mean, you think about those people seeing another peasant having a baby. Did they ever stop to think that that was the Lord? Of course not despised and rejected, and it started right from his birth. Nobody would give him room. Nobody would give him a place. So he was laid in a manger, a, a feeding trough for animals. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised, and, was esteem and we esteemed him not. Surely, however, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted.
But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his wounds we are healed. All like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. The Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that was led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before his shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. As for his generation, who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people, they made his grave with the wicked. Isn't it, isn't it remarkable? Obscurity at the, at the beginning and obscurity at the end. Marked in, in a grave with a rich man, a rich man's grave. Although he had done no violence, there was no deceit in his mouth, and that was in a positive connotation. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. It was the will of the Lord to put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. He shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul to death. He was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Yeah, he was coming to be king. He was coming to rule the world. But before there was ever a crown, there was a cross. Before there was ever glory, there was evil done to him, and, and wickedness accosted him, and, and terrible things happened to the Messiah. Counted as a criminal, though he had never sinned. He came to serve, and he came to serve by being a savior. He's coming as the Lion of Judah. One day he will come as, as the judge of the world. One day he will come in glory and splendor as the Lord of lords. He will reign, but he came first as the Lamb of God to take your sins and my sins upon himself and die in our place as our substitute. Praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship the Lord Jesus Christ. He has saved us, all who put their faith in him, all who believe in him, all who trust in his sacrifice are saved from sin and death. Praise the Lord. And it all started with conception in a womb and a baby growing for nine months and coming into the world in, in, in obscurity and, and filth so he could identify with us and be the Savior that we so desperately needed. Oh, Lord Jesus, how great you are. Oh, Lord Jesus, 
how wonderful you are to love us in the way that you've loved us. Doing for us what we could not do ourselves. We could not make ourselves righteous. We could not make ourselves holy. We could not make ourselves to be worthy, to be in the presence of God. And yet you came and you loved with an amazing love, dying intentionally and purposely for our sins, paying our debt so that we could be justified, so that we could be forgiven and received, reconciled to God. We remember tonight how it started, and we say thank you tonight for what you've accomplished. That night, we just imagine as the angels watched in awe, and we rejoice tonight, for you are worthy. We love you, Lord. Please stand in his midst. Herald him as king. Mild 
glory, all honor, and praise to our King. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So they arrive in Bethlehem and uh, they have a baby. And uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous moment, but it, it's, a, it's a wild moment for them. They're, they must be just so happy to, to have the baby. Who are the first uh, people that got the announcements? The, the baby's announcement of, of birth, the, the understanding of we've had a child here. We, we've had not just a child, but the one who came to save Israel, the one who came to save his people from their sins, the one who came to reign, the one who came to bring peace upon the earth, the one who brought death to its knees and will overcome death, the one who will win in the end, will set up the kingdom of God. Who, who heard that first? Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, now you've got to imagine, like, we've, we've got some dark sky areas around here, right, where, where there's no light, and you can see, see the stars in their splendor at certain times. Uh, in in the, the region around Bethlehem, a village, and there's a village over there and a village over there, but in the hills of Judea, there's not a lot of light. There's maybe a little fire here and a little fire there. The shepherds are the obscure ones. Jesus born in obscurity. Je Jesus born uh, in a nowhere place from our perspective the city of David in God's economy was a big place, an important place, even a few people. But the shepherds, they were the invisible ones. They were the ones that nobody wanted to grow up to be. They're the ones that were uh, despised uh, when it came to, to like worship of God at the temple because they were unclean, unclean, always around dead bodies, always around filth. But here's the shepherds out in the, out in the, out in the fields, and, and what, are they, what are they growing? What are they raising? What are they shepherding? They're, they're probably uh, shepherding the lambs that will be ready for the sacrifice and Passover. The, the instruments of, of substitution, the instruments of laying sins upon so that people could be redeemed, they're, they're providing the flocks for that, that great momentous worship and yet here they are, um, peasants, the lowest of the low. Who gets the first announcement of the king of the world coming? And why do they get the first announcements? The shepherds do. The angel of the Lord came, and, and uh, man, some of you have put up some great lights this year. Uh, we didn't put up any at our house outside. How lame are we? But the thousands and thousands of lights maybe on your house or the thousands and thousands of lights illuminating our city for Christmas holds nothing to the glory and the splendor of God and the angelic glory that shone that night to these people that were nobody to no one except for God. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What, what, a, what, a, what a sentence. For you, 
great news of great joy for all the people. And that's come down to us through the centuries. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. I, I, I try to put myself in their shoes. And, and I mean, a lot of these guys, they couldn't read. They were illiterate. Did they know anything of the scriptures other than the snippets they heard here and there by maybe passing rabbis or, or teachers? Did, did they have any, any scope of the world and the, and the brokenness of the world as they grew up in obscurity and they lived their life serving flocks and making money, just hand-to-mouth existence? And the angel's telling them, this is the one you've been waiting for. This is the one who's come to save. This is the Messiah, the Lord. And it's a, it's a night of great joy. I, I just wonder just what was going through their minds how blown away they must have been. And then the, the, the angelic choir, the, 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 the angels show up and appear, right? And they say, glory to God in the highest. They, they give the worship that God deserves. And sometimes we don't give. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And then, then the angels go away from them into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, Hey, let's go see. Why did the angel tell them about the sign if, if they're not going to go check it out? Are they going to live by faith or are they going to just, just forget about what's happened and go on with their life? No, they're going to go see. Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told concerning the child. Like, like all that the angels said, they're like, hey, Mary and Joseph, this happened and this happened. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it has been told them. God came in humility because he came to a humble people that needed salvation. God's uh, announcement to the world of his son being born came to needy people and obscure people and, and, and sinful people that needed salvation. And, and he got down on our level and, and, he, and, he, and, he, and the announcement came to people that <laughs> they weren't rich, they weren't powerful, they weren't mighty. There's no generals here. There's, there's no government leaders here. There, there, there's just these, these, these people who are told that God came for you. The, 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 this child was born for you. And maybe you don't understand you, that you, the need that you have before God, how your sin is separated from you from, you from God, how, how if you die without a Savior, you're condemned in your sins and you have no hope. But now this child, good news of great joy for you. And you got you to you hear this tonight. That God didn't just come for the high and mighty in the world, the powerful, a certain ethnicity or a certain group of people at a certain time only. O sinner, O person who's just as broken as I am, He came for you. 
to save you. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The faith, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That faith, that trust, just like these people, they were called, they were graced with the knowledge of, of Jesus' birth, and so are you. On this side of the cross, of course, on this side of, of what happened, we do realize that Jesus did grow up. He did go to his death in our place. He was stricken and afflicted for us. He died for our sins, as it was written in the scriptures. He was buried, and the third day he rose from the dead. And as, as the rest of the prophecies start flowing forth and, and they become fulfilled, we realize that he ascended into heaven and he's at the right hand of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And one day, the, the prophecy is going to continue to be fulfilled. He's going to come back and reign and rule. But please, know that God didn't want you to be separate from him because of your sins. He didn't want you to be distant from him forever, outside of the kingdom of God. He came and he became a sacrifice and a substitute so that your sins could be atoned for, so that when you place your faith in him, his righteousness is counted to you, and you're justified and you're saved. Tonight, who cares about any uh, of celebrations or, or nice Christmas, you know, warm fuzzies if it's not an act of worship and responding to what God has done for you? If you haven't made him your Savior and your Lord, do so. To those, accept, to those who accept him, those who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Our, our God has come. He's the Savior who's come to save people from his sins. He's the Christ who's come to be the King of the world. And he's the Lord of all, Emmanuel, God with us. We worship him tonight and glorify him, for he is worthy. Amen. I think the children have a song for us. One more. Okay, please. Um, Lord God Almighty, we glorify you tonight, and we love you tonight, and we thank you tonight. We, uh, we're so grateful that you came, Jesus, and we celebrate you and, and acknowledge you and say thank you for all that you've done. And we, we say thank you for all that you're going to do. Come and reign, Lord. Come rule this earth. Bring about peace. Bring about salvation. Bring about new life. We're waiting, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing one more song, and then we'll hear from the children. Yeah. 
Invite the kids are going to come up and they're going to sing some songs for us. So, kids, come on up. Yes. 
we do this, we are symbolizing that Jesus, the light of the world, he has come. Uh, he will save people from their sins. And so, and then we are going to be sent out as bearers of the good news of the light of Jesus. So Amanda will do that and then we'll start passing it around.
finishing up. Let's stand. Let's sing Simon and I Christ.